really excited to talk about this and I'll try to go as in-depth as I can into my own personal experiences and hopefully it can shed some light on this phenomenon and I just want to speak from that place but also talk about what I've read about it from others' experiences. So when I was first introduced to lucid dreaming, I was reading this book, I think it's called Exploring the World of Lucid Dreaming, and that really shaped and framed the way I approached this, and you start with a lot of methods of like just learning how to relax your body, and learning how to fall asleep while having the mind stay awake, that's one method. So with one method being trying to stay lucid as you're falling asleep, the other method is falling asleep but then becoming lucid during your dream. That's actually the way that's worked the best for me. Um, and one time I, when I became lucid in my dream, when I was realizing I was dreaming as I was dreaming, um, I kind of just faded in and out of it and then I just snapped in, back into the dream and... Um, probably woke up recently after that um and I wasn't necessarily intentionally trying to lucid dream that night either it just sort of happened um I sort of like passed out and then I think maybe because of that I wasn't actually in an REM state or I'm not sure but the other time I lucid um had a lucid dream was years and years later this was actually fairly recently um, and it's still the same book that I've been using. So I've gone through that book a couple times, so I was pretty used to the methods, but I was just using it again. And one of the methods is to have a dream journal and not only to do the practice of writing your dreams down, but noticing patterns and dream signs. And then you're going to go look for those dream signs in your day-to-day -day life. And think of certain things that will be like little triggers for you. So like if someone turns on a light, if someone does anything, they'd be like, oh, am I dreaming right now? That could just be one way. Just remind yourself oh, to ask yourself every, every once in a while, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Because if you ask yourself that when you're awake a lot, you're going to start to ask yourself that when you're dreaming. And that can really, it's, an, it's really incredible how that could do. It's, all, it's like a, it's like a magic spell. It's like a, it's like being hypnotized and someone saying your word that gets you out of it like just saying like i'm dreaming like while you're dreaming it's like whoa like boom like you, you suddenly like snap into your like astral body it's so interesting at least that's how it was the first time i had that experience and then this time that i was talking about um recently after writing down my dreams where a lot of my dreams there was like some sort of like baby i had to take care of but it was never like um, a baby I knew, <laughs> it was always like, wait, no, this person doesn't have a baby, why am I babysitting for that person, like, it didn't make any sense, um, it was always like that in my dreams, where it's like, my house that I'm living in my dream is not the house I'm living in real life, like, nothing looks the same, there's all these, like, telltale signs that show that it's a dream that you don't really realize until you wake up, so after realizing those things, I would look for it during my day-to-day -day life, and then have, um, a moment before I go to sleep where I say, like, I'm gonna 
lucid dream tonight. I'm going to look for my dream signs, all that stuff. And then I, one night I fell asleep. I was having my dream. I noticed. I, d I just noticed. I, I wonder which part considers makes is considered being lucid but I just happened to notice that it was weird I was like wait this is one of those dream signs Th that's what it was I remember I remember unfolding now I remember going like this I was because in my dreams I'm always thinking a lot it's always a very mental process going on in my dreams a lot of times I can't remember necessarily what happened in the dream but I remember how I felt and what I was thinking in the dream sometimes that's how it is um, other than like visuals and other things like that, like the plot line doesn't always make sense. Um, so in this dream, I was like taking care of a baby and that's why I realized it was weird because what, what I realized was weird was that no one was freaking out when I dropped the baby. That's what happened in, in the dream. The baby was kept jumping out of my hands because it was like, not like a real baby. So it was like jumping everywhere. It was like, um, and I was like, and I realized, wait, a real baby would be hurt right now. But it's not crying. No one, no one cares that they saw a baby fall down. Like, no one's doing anything. They're just walking by. And it struck me. And I was like, I'm in a dream right now. I'm dreaming. And I had planned for this. <laughs> I had been planning for this for years. So I finally was like, okay, I'm here. So what my plan was always was to do was to fly. And that was actually the first thing I did um, in my first lucid dream when um, in a way, because I was, what first made me go lucid was I was jumping on trampolines in my dream, and I was, like, jumping, um, more so leaping, because I was jumping over fences, and it was, like, a trampoline effect of, like, every time I jumped, it was, like, a bouncy feeling, so I was, like, leaping over these fences, like, tra trampolines, and then I felt, I was, like, I feel like I'm flying, I'm going so high, and then I was, like, I'm dreaming, I just, like, realized I was dreaming, and I was, like, whoa, and then I went, um, to talk to people in my dream. And that's what brought me back into the dream and not realizing I was lucid anymore. Because the people in the dream didn't care. My, people in my dreams do not care. <laughs> they don't give two shits. They do not want me to go lucid. It's literally just like um, Inception, where the people in the dream want you to stay in the dream. It's like freaking Matrix or whatever. But so I made the decision to not talk to anybody and just to go straight to flying. So I made that decision and I started to fly and it was hard. It was not easy. It felt like swimming through the air. I was like, oh, it's like pushing and pushing. I didn't have wings. I was just like pushing and pushing up in air. And I was like starting to feel like, wait, what, where am I? What's my plan exactly? Where am I going? And then I was starting to get like, oh, I'm losing track. I was like, I don't know. It's okay. Go to the second floor of this building. So I went to the second floor of a building and I didn't really have any plans further. So I just kind of went back into the dream and probably woke up after that so those are my two experiences that i described together because they had really a lot of similarities and i wanted to talk about it like that but there was the time the first time was years ago and then the recent time was just um that uh last year so just a couple months ago really it was almost Wow, that was like in the summer or even earlier or something. That was actually a while ago. It's going to be a year at some point soon. And then after that, I kind of um, put down the book for a while. And I was like, okay, I had my lucid dream. 
And I think it's good for me to have these breaks where I'm like, okay, let's think about this. Let's reflect on it and ponder on this. Because I've had times where I'm just like, oh, let's delve into all this work. But I think it's good to go slow sometimes where you can really enjoy it. Because I I think it's really fun. And it doesn't have to be this, like, hard thing all the time. Sometimes spirituality can be a little more lighthearted and fun. So that's why I wanted to share that. The quote I want to focus on right now um, is from Alan Watts. I guess I'm more so paraphrasing it but he's a really great philosopher you should look into and he said something similar to the idea of people think spirituality is talking about spirituality and thinking about being spiritual and being head empty uh, meditating that kind of thing like but if you're peeling potatoes and talking about spirituality that's not actually being in the moment. Being in the moment would just be peeling the potatoes and focusing on how it feels and what it looks like and really being in the moment and breathing as you feel the skin peel off and turn it and then hear the potato parts fall on the plate and really just be in the moment. That's the spiritual practice. So thinking about how that plays into other parts of life um, because you're not only just peeling potatoes it's interesting because it's basically saying oh don't just talk about it do it but me right now I'm talking about it because you have to talk about it a little bit but the point is don't only talk about it at some point you do have to start doing things and that's why even though positive affirmations can be super helpful they're not the be-all end-all to changing your mindset and to recovering from mental illness they're just one small part and one tool someone can use to help them so something that's important that i've said before and i'll say again when you're doing these affirmations is not just to speak positively and say things that you believe in but to follow it up with action to act as if Not just say, I love myself, not just say I'm beautiful, but then do things that make yourself feel beautiful, do things that you think someone who's beautiful would do, do things that someone who's confident would do. So stand up tall, wear the clothes you want. If you're feeling insecure about a certain item of clothing, you know, maybe hold off on that until you're in a supportive environment. Like if you're going... If you're trying to work on your confidence in your outfits, for an example, and trying to grow into your style, wear that risky um, statement piece when you're with your best friends who support you, rather than wearing it when you're alone, walking around in public, um, in a place that you feel insecure about, because then you're less likely to do it again. Now, if you feel up for the challenge, go ahead and do that. But I'm saying you want to set yourself up for success. So don't bite off more than you can chew. It's good to try to do things that put you out of your comfort zone. And you want to do things differently. Because if you don't do anything differently, things will stay the same. But you don't want to do so much that you're going into a panic zone. So much so that you're going to retreat back to your comfort zone. You want to be in the growth zone. That's that middle ground where you've tried to do something a little different. And you're trying something that's a little scary but you're not so scared that you're terrified and frightened. 
and retreating. So another example would be like something that I'm struggling with is, um, well, with the pandemic, it's hard to know how to socialize because I'm not comfortable going to parties and I'm not happy with the idea that people are being indoors with people that they don't know their lifestyle they you don't know what they've been doing the past two weeks and you're going to be indoors with them masks off like that's just it's highly irresponsible especially in LA where we have our own strain the reason I'm, I'm gonna go on a tangent and that's fine because it's my podcast <laughs> the reason that we have our own strain the reason that there are different strains happening is because the virus is running rampant in those areas in this area so the fact that there is a different strain shows that we are already past the point of like damage being done the damage has taken its toll so many people have died and so many people have gotten this virus and spread it and we've just pretty much stayed open way more than we should have and i can understand how i could be part of that but we're i think we're all part of it but like it's just so unfortunate there's it's good to know that even though people are like uh i stayed home but all these people went out and so it didn't matter what i did that's not true what you did mattered you staying home helped it sucks that it all relied on you, like the way the group projects are like that, where the people who do the most have to do even more because of dead weight. But you were safe and that saved people's lives. Every time you made a good choice, that was a, that was a productive choice and that mattered. Harm reduction is important. So just because someone did make the choice to go party doesn't mean that they have to keep partying the whole pandemic they can stop and they can start making good choices and they can feel good about those good choices they made because that's how you continue to make good choices by giving yourself that pat on the back even when everyone says you know i'm not giving you a cookie for that i don't care like you do it for yourself that's where self-validation comes in but let's see drawing it back so covid um partying pandemic i'm struggling spirituality living in the moment yeah i'm just insecure about some things and trying to work on them is hard because um this is not a conductive environment to successful socializing because it's gonna the simplest of conversations can lead to very volatile volatile um conversations and very strong opinions and In fact, not even just opinions, like just knowledge that is very important and that I'm very passionate about could come up. And even if I am at a distance and safe COVID wise, then the conversation could turn to something that feels whether it's safe or not, it doesn't feel good. And it's not setting myself up for success. That's why when I socialize, especially, um, when I'm trying to set myself up for um, a successful interaction, I wanna make sure that I have some sort of control over a situation. So I wanna be able to drive myself there so I can leave whenever I want. I want to be able to know who's gonna be there so I can be prepared. 
I want to know what the plans are for if we're staying in that area, if we're going to go somewhere else, what we're going to eat. I want to already be prepared with snacks. Like, I have to be have so many things prepared. I'm like my own child. And that's fine because I'm reparenting myself and that's what that is for me. But if someone else isn't ready for all of that, and this whole, like, I don't know how to talk to people who don't struggle with generational trauma and who don't have mental illness and who don't struggle, like, daily. If you go about your day and it's fine and you've navigated through life like normal and no one calls you weird or quiet or awkward and no one asks what's wrong with you (laughs) like then fuck you I don't I don't you don't get me and you would never get me and so I just can't be friends with someone who's like that I mean but then at the end of the day if they were a nice person I could be friendly with them and so I want to make sure that I'm clear about that I think that's more important if you're kind and you treat people with respect and you want to help others then we could probably be friends but um if if I want to feel heard by you and actually have a a close friendship where I feel like you're my people then it's not as if you need to go through some sort of horrible trauma I just you I won't feel understood unless you see the world similar to how I see it and I think it's okay to want to be around like-minded people like that So yeah, that all spiraled out of my um, quote from Alan Watts about peeling potatoes. So that's fun.